Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. We've started doing some interviews, and I'm happy today to have Paul with us. Paul started from the beginning and he was in a lot of our early meetings and I got him to come on and tell his story. Paul, thank you for being here today, sir. Well, thanks for having me, buddy. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Before you get started, any announcements or you want more information about what we have, go to buddyc.org. There's a lot of resources there. There's a lot of different books and things that if you're curious about how the Tao relates to recovery, not only will we be discussing this today, but uh, there's a book that I pinned that's there. And also, if you if you want to copy the book, you'll see some uh, verses there. Uh, just email me from the website and I will send you a PDF of the book for free, or you can buy it on Amazon. There's links there too. Paul, Let's just do the, the basic story first, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. So what was it like for you? How did, uh, how, how was alcohol, what I found out was alcohol became my higher power. It did the things that I wish a higher power would do for me. <laughs> Is that what you experienced? Yeah, I started, like a lot of alcoholics, I started drinking around age 14. I was a very shy kid and uh, alcohol definitely um, lowered my inhibitions, kind of brought me out of my shell. And I definitely uh, used that as a social lubricant. And uh, from the age of 14 till I got into college, I didn't really start the heavy drinking until I got into college. Uh, I started with, you know, with the hard stuff. And, um, I did have, I did have a very uh, bad experience in college, what I call my lost weekend. Uh, there were probably more than one, but this one in particular was, was one that I just started drinking on, you know, Friday and pretty much woke up on Sunday and had no recollection of what I'd done or where I'd been. And as I was, as I was, as my body was detoxing from that episode, I had a pretty bad seizure, almost, I would call it almost like a mild stroke. Uh, of course, uh, you know, being young and dumb, I didn't go to the doctor. I was able to shake it off, but that, that incident really scared me off the hard stuff. And so from then on, it was pretty much uh, just beer. And from the age of about 20 five to maybe 35, I call myself a weekend warrior. I would pretty much just, uh, just drink on the weekends. And of course it got to be more and more. And then eventually, like it always does, the disease progresses. And although I was only sticking to beer and of course uh, me drinking beer, I didn't think I was actually an alcoholic because, you know, you're just drink beer. You can't be an alcoholic, right? You, you don't. Sure, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. But then again, uh, I started drinking very copious amounts. Uh, I, a, a case of beer was, was no problem, you know, and oftentimes it was more than that. 
at, at one sitting. So, uh, yeah, that, that eventually progressed. And, um, then finally everything pretty much came to a head in uh, June of 2009 I, at the age of 43, I had uh, a very severe panic attack. I went into work on a Monday morning after a particularly hard weekend of drinking as usual, came into work Monday morning and pretty much uh, scared my coworkers. <laughs> I, I literally thought I was dying. Um, I never, I never had, I mean, I'd had the shakes and, and that kind of stuff before this was a full blown panic attack where, I mean, I couldn't breathe and, I, uh, my coworker took me to the emergency room and that was my day one. Hmm. And I have not had a drink of alcohol since that, that day. And that was 14, uh, coming up on 14 years in June. Wow. What? So when you decided to stop, did you know that you needed to stop or had you tried at all or? Yeah, about a year before that, in 2008, I had been to the doctor with some health issues, and they took my liver enzymes at the time. Of course, uh, typical alcoholic behavior, I was not 100% truthful with the doctor about my drinking, and although he did suspect something, so he did he did take that, that liver test, and my enzymes were pretty highly elevated, and so uh, I just decided I would, you know, kind of try to cut back. But of course, that only lasted for a month or two. And then I was right back to where I started again. So I mean, I never really had any intentions of stopping at that time. But then but then that that last trip to the hospital that I told you about that day one, that was something something changed. Hmm. Uh, I was I was in the emergency room, I can pinpoint the moment I was in the emergency room hooked up to the IV, I was getting some anti anxiety drugs uh, pumped directly into my veins. And I was looking up all alone, looking up at the fluorescent lights. And I pretty much said to myself, I don't know if it was uh, what they call like a, a, a deal with God or whatever it was, but I was like, if I get out of the, if I get out of here, I, I will not have another drink. And so far that's, that's held true. So not now, was that a prayer or was that just an affirmation that you were going to bear down and do it? Or um, your, your recovery is a little unique in <laughs> regards to most of us because uh, your recovery has been all online. And, and I, we've talked about it before that local meetings is not part of your face to face meetings is not part of your recovery. So uh, I just wanted to, what was your view of a higher power at that time? Just curious. Uh, yeah, I can go into a little bit of, of my family history on that. Okay, uh, good. Yeah, I was I was raised uh, in the Lutheran church. Uh, I shouldn't say in the church. I mean, my parents took us kids to church, went to Sunday school and confirmation and all that. Um, my dad, my dad was an alcoholic all the while I was growing up. And he got sober in 1983 when I was 17, he got sober and he started going to church a lot more after that, a lot more, more because he wanted to more than he had to. So, yeah, so he, he, you know, uh, I always tell the story that, uh, and my dad, my dad was in recovery for the last 31 years of his life. So I had a good role model as far as that goes. Of course, 
I was 17 when he got sober, so I was just starting my drinking career sure. at that now, point. Now, did he go to AA as well, or did he just go to church? No, he went to AA. Okay. Uh, he went to AA for about seven years, and for some reason, after about seven years, he stopped going, and um, I never asked him why. Uh, he passed away about seven or eight years ago, so I kind of wish I would have asked him that, but it really was none of my business, and I figured he would he would tell me if he wanted to, so... We had a lot of good discussions about recovery. No, I, I always uh, tell people that my dad would always have, he, he was a morning person. He would get up very early in the morning and I would come downstairs and he would have two books on, he'd have the big book and the Bible, <laughs> both open. He was reading from both of them at the same time. So that was how he managed his recovery. So I learned quite a bit uh, from him, even though I've never uh, been a member of AA. I've never been to an AA meeting. I have nothing against it. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of people, you mentioned seven years for him. That seems to be a number seven to 10 that a lot of people stop going to meetings and some stay sober and some find their sobriety through uh, the, 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 the God of their childhood. I think is the way they say it. Uh, mine worked different for me, but uh, but yeah, that happens a lot. That happens a lot. So your your uh, father's story is not unique in that regard. Yeah, again, I never I never did ask him why he uh, decided to stop going to meetings. However, he did he did have a great relationship with his sponsor that lasted the rest of his life. So maybe he got enough from that. It's obviously, it sounds like it. he uh, made us. You know, kids go to church every week, and I I never really got into organized religion part of religion the organized part i'm more of a god is everywhere type of person i don't have a a regular meditation practice other than i i go for walks uh, outside we have some very nice nature areas around this uh, part of the country I, I live in wisconsin so we have some very very nice areas to walk so that's where i connect with my higher power. I don't even really, that's why I loved studying the Tao because uh, I, I have a pretty open mind when it comes to that. I don't picture the big God in the sky of organized religion. I, I feel God is in each and every one of us. I try to just like, like you say, buddy, I just try to find some, some way I can help someone. And that's, that's, that's how I deal with my higher power. It's amazing how simple it gets when we take all those blinders off preconceptions that we have. It's very simple. If God is love, if I help someone, I'm going to experience God. It cannot get simpler than that. And and once I started realizing that, I didn't have to figure out if all this other stuff was right or wrong. All of that didn't matter anymore. What mattered was what I was doing right now, you know. And I, and I know from our conversations that you've experienced that. And y'all can hear, if you go back to the early, uh, we, we're up to in the 200s now as far as episodes. But if you go back to the early episodes, um, you can you can hear uh, Paul was uh, very much involved in a lot of those. His, uh, the time that we had, it was more conducive to his schedule than it is now. Okay, so we got your father, your your version of a higher power. So when when that happened in the hospital, did you 
that was kind of your moment of surrender, I guess, if you wanted to say, look at it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard it referred to as the moment of clarity. It was like Buddha's uh, Bodhi tree uh, where he said, I'm not leaving from under this tree until I'm enlightened. (laughs) And it's that kind of a thing, you know, where we give up, let go. Yeah. Like I said, uh, I, I've not, uh, gone to any AA meetings in person, but I do. I have I have read a lot of the literature, and I I love that concept of we ceased fighting. Mm-hmm. That's really what I did uh, in that moment. Was I thought to myself, you know, what would happen if I just just quit and just see what happens and. Uh, luckily, um, I was able to detox. I don't recommend this, uh, you know, but I was able to, once they released, they released me from the hospital that same day. And so they did. And the main reason was they didn't have any beds to keep me in a detox. You know, they gave me, they gave me the warnings that, you know, if I, if I, if I was having issues that I could, should call 911 and that kind of thing. But I luckily, I mean, I had some night sweats and, you know, that that could have been a dangerous situation, but I was able to get through those first couple of nights detoxing on my own. And after that, after about a month or so, luckily I didn't have uh, the pause or any of those issues. And I started feeling better within like the first few weeks, I started feeling a lot better. And I thought, you know, this is, this is the way to live. I mean, cause I was drinking every single day. I was a daily drinker for about the last seven or eight years of my addiction. So this, this was a whole new way for me to live, but um, I very quickly found out that it was the right thing for me. And luckily I didn't, I'm not trying to discount the people who do struggle. I understand it, but for me, it really, like I said, I just ceased fighting. Mm, That's, that's amazing how that does. That's different for different people. Uh, like I know as far as AA is concerned, different people will come in and never just pick up one white chip, which is the chip that says I surrender. Um, took me five years <laughs> of in and out because I didn't have that moment. I didn't know how to let go, how to surrender. So we all have a different experience with this. Um, and all, and all of our experiences are unique and it takes different things for all of us to get to a point of surrender. Really does. Now, I met you in uh, the SRC, the Share Recovery Community. How did you, how did that happen? You obviously were looking for some connection or help. Yeah, I probably should mention that uh, after about a month getting sober, this was this would be July of two thousand nine. I went, I did go online to look for some support, and uh, some of the online groups were just getting started. Then uh, I found a good one called Sober Recovery, and I'm still a member there. I go there every single day. I should probably mention that uh, my main my main source of recovery is my gratitude practice, which I do every single day. Every morning, I do a daily gratitude practice. And uh, at the Sober Recovery website, they have a daily gratitude thread. It's a series of different threads. We don't have any meetings or anything, but it's just a lot of uh, message boards where you can post. I mean, I've, I've built some very good friendships there over the years, but uh, one of the, one of the things is a daily gratitude thread. And and that's, I love that because 
not only do I post my gratitude, but I also get to read everybody else's gratitude. Right, right. Now, did you learn that at, at what was the name of that group again? Sober. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's called Sober Recovery. Uh, okay. SR, SR for short. It's one of the oldest uh, online communities. I'll put a link. I'll get a link from you and put it into in the uh, notes. Yeah, yeah. I think if uh, if the listeners just want to Google sober recovery, that should pop up right away. Uh, yeah, they they've got a really great great group over there. And like I said, I've been a member now uh, for going on fourteen years, and I and I, I visit it every single day, and I do the daily gratitude and uh, that kind of stuff. Now, Paul, how does what does that daily gratitude look like? Some people may not understand what what you mean when you say gratitude. What what exactly are you doing? I literally actually make a list of things I'm grateful for. And a lot of times, because I am so busy, I don't, you know, I don't always have a lot of time, but I'm always one that I always put down is I'm grateful for another day sober. And that what that does is that keeps me in the day. I think, you know, the AA people call it one day at a time. Uh, and that's truly, and that's again where the Tao comes in. Uh, learning to live in the moment. I was one of those people who either was always living in the past or living in the future. I never really had my feet firmly in the moment. And the Tao has really helped me with that. I think I was probably searching for that kind of thing. Cause I was still struggling with, you know, uh, worrying about the future and one of my favorite things that I learned from you, buddy, was uh, the opposite of love is fear. Yes. And yeah, and I had a lot of fear, like, like for the future. And now I, I really don't have that anymore. It's always, it's a practice. It's something I'm always working on. And, but the daily gratitude, uh, again, that's where I, I make my list. Sometimes, like I said, sometimes it's just I'm grateful for another day sober. Sometimes it's a list of 20 different things that I come up with, but whatever, whatever hits me that day is, is what I do. So, and you know, you can buy, uh, you can buy journals and that kind of thing. And like I said, the, the sober recovery website has this thread, this daily gratitude thread. So that's where I, that's where I do my list. Hmm. Now, Paul, that, how, how, what do you do with your fear? How do you, if that fear of the future pops up, what exactly do you, what action do you take? Well, that's where my uh, walking comes in. I think I said earlier that that's, that's how I meditate. I don't, you know, when I hear meditation, I think automatically think of, you know, sitting cross-legged on the floor, you know, doing some kind of mantra. And I've just never, I've just never been that kind of guy. Nothing right. wrong with that if you want to do it that way. But, but like I said, I, I find my meditation, my connection to my higher power in nature. And if I'm feeling especially um, anxious, I'll go for a walk. And sometimes I got to go for two or three of them if something's really bugging me. But it, ever, it works every time. Have you ever been in that situation and someone comes to mind or, or has been placed in your path that you can help with their fear or, or their uh, uh, anxiety? Has that ever happened? I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I always try to keep myself open to help someone, even if it's just, well, just the other day, uh, there was an older lady in the grocery store and she couldn't reach something up on one of the higher shelves. And she asked me to 
to help her with that. And in the old day, I might've just said, you know, screw you lady. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to help. But now it's like, I, I look for those opportunities and it's amazing how often they present themselves. If you, if you keep an open mind and look for them. And also too, Paul, not, you know, a lot of people think it's just spiritual things in quote air quotations, but it's not uh, everything's spiritual. So when we show kindness to anyone in any form or fashion, uh, we're sharing God with them in my in my experience, because that is a form of love. So uh, it, every time that we're that we open ourselves up for that, uh, whether and, and I know from being in the SRC that you encourage a lot of people uh, in the groups you're in, you do encourage and you do share your experience that way, too. So um, that goes a long way for me when I'm just open to just saying something kind to someone that's struggling in a group, you know? Yeah. Sometimes that's all it takes, right? It's just a kind word. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Mm. We think it's so complicated, but it's really not. (laughs) No, in fact, the less, the less you think about it, the easier it is. Yeah. So where are we at? Um, you did you listen to any podcasts when you came in, or was that a part of your recovery, or or did you just do web searches? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's how I found that's how I found uh, the SRC. I mm-hmm. found uh, Omar's podcast, the Share Podcast, um, and I got to uh, luckily I got to know a lot of those people that that he interviewed, and I ended up and uh, ended up on his show too, which was a surreal moment. I never thought yeah. that would happen, but uh, yeah, let's just like. Um, I just, I just try to, uh, like you said, I just try to help and encourage others because I know that's, those are the kind of people I gravitated toward when I was early in recovery. And I I don't know what your questions is, you know, what, what advice do you have for the newcomer? And that would be just to seek out those people that encourage you. I found, you know, I found in any recovery group, you're going to have all kinds of different people, different points of view. And I really get turned off by those people who, you know, just want to lecture you. Yes. And uh, one of my, one of my favorite things, I I hosted my own meeting uh, in the SRC for a few years, which again was, uh, I never thought I would be doing that, but, uh, but I would always tell people that I learn more from the newcomers than I do from the old timers. Because those newcomers remind me how it was. Right. Right. And I never want to forget that. I never want to forget that, that day one in the hospital. I just, it was probably one of the worst days of my life, but it also was one of the best days of my life because it put me on this path. And I I get emotional thinking about it. Yeah. You know, and all we have to do is be open. We don't have to figure it out. We can't figure it out. That's the problem. We think we can figure out what's next on this. And really all we have to do is be open. I'm open. I'm powerless. I do not know what to do next. And it shows up. It shows up. It does every time for me. And that's what I'm hearing from you too. Um, okay. The Dow. What, what is the Dow to you? That's T-A-O. I know my, with my accent, it, I'm stretching it out, but. Uh, what, what would the Dow be to you when you first heard that, Paul, what did you, what did you think? You know, we're not talking about another religion. We're talking about 
uh, a philosophy just like AA is a philosophy. You could practice the Tao with any God, any religious belief is God being love. You could the Tao should complement that. So it's not like you have to deny whatever religion you are and you know make those kind of changes. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, what when you heard the Tao? What was your what was you, had you ever studied the Tao before, or did you know anything about it? Uh, no, uh, being a Lutheran from Minnesota, I never, never even really heard. I mean, I'd heard of the Tao over the years, but I never had looked into it at all. And um, frankly, when I first started uh, to go to the meetings, I thought this is kind of a little what I call woo woo. Yes. <laughs> but the more I got into it, and the more I saw that's really just a lot of practical advice. And like you said, you kind of have to shift your mindset a little bit because there's so many, uh, there are so many contradictions in, in how I was raised in the, uh, you know, in this, in this, uh, society where, you know, uh, hard work and you know you're always trying to get ahead and you're always pushing 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 well if you just sit back and let things flow i've noticed that life gets a lot easier and that's certainly been true in my case you know paul it's a lot like that you know when you're a kid and you had the 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 beach ball and you're trying to hold it underwater. And I don't know any kid that didn't try that. The more you effort you put out and the further you pushed it down, the harder it was to hold. And life seems to be the same way. Anything that I'm resisting just resists even more. Uh, and that's the kind of thing we learn in the Tao is how to uh, how to let things flow and and what our part is in those things. It's not that we stop doing anything. We just shift what we're doing, you know, and so that's uh, lots of good quotes and verses that go with that. Um, what's what's one of your favorite verses or quote? Do you have quotes or verses or what? I don't know what you brought for us. Yeah, I I, I picked a favorite verse. Uh, oh, okay, good. And I think you'll find out why once once we discuss what it is. Uh, verse forty four is probably my favorite. Uh, I'll just read a little bit from the Stephen Mitchell translation. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but this is my favorite part. Um, If you look to others for fulfillment, you will never truly be fulfilled. If your happiness depends on money, you will never be happy with yourself. Be content with what you have. Rejoice in the way things are. When you realize there is nothing lacking, the whole world belongs to you. And what I see in that is I I see gratitude. In that, be happy with what you have. Don't always strive to keep up with the Joneses. Just do your thing. And like I said, it, it's just been amazing since I've been studying the Tao, how, you know, things, I'll just think about something and it'll it'll materialize. It, it, it's really amazing how that happens. You know, and it's a, the Tao is a path. The actual book is the Tao Te Ching. So it, T-A-O-T-E-C-H-I-N-G, and it is the path of the way of virtue is actually what the name means, uh, loosely translated. So Tao is a path. So this is just a way of life. 
is all this is, is a way of looking at everything as, you know, can I be grateful? Can I rejoice? And can I have acceptance of how things are? And then maybe I can see if there's something to change or not. Not holding on, letting go, uh, doing my work and letting it go. And then letting it go makes it stay, you know, all those types of ideas. And that's a lot of what you're talking about. And I love the gratitude because gratitude always brings me back to the moment. You know, if my head is spinning, if I can find something to be grateful for, it brings me back to the moment. And it doesn't have to be anything huge. No. A lot of times I'm just grateful that I got up this morning. <laughs> you know, I'm grateful that I'm able to I'm able to support myself. And this is, again, I'm drawn back to this, this last sentence on verse 44. When you realize there is nothing lacking, the whole world belongs to you. Yes. You know, if you're always, if you're always coveting things, you'll never be happy. So simple. So simple, yet we live, we live in a material world yeah. where all this stuff is pushed on us with social media. And, you know, I don't want to get off on a tangent there, but I mean, everything is basically push down your throat, consume, consume, consume. Whereas if you just sit back and let life just happen, uh, it's amazing what, what that, that feels like. And all of a sudden you don't want to escape with alcohol to bring it back to recovery. There's nothing to escape from. Exactly. You're happy with the moment. You don't want to escape from the moment. When we surrender those fears, what do we need to escape from? And also realizing that those fears are going to, are going to come. And when yeah. they do, uh, I, I like that. Um, we talked about this a lot in our down meetings was just, sometimes you just got to let those ride out. You got to, you got to sit, you got to sit with them for a little bit and kind of process them. And then, you know, this too shall pass. Yes. Yes. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. Any others? Uh, that was the one that I picked out. Um, I mean, there's so many good ones. Um, and a lot. I look at all these and there's 81. And it's like a sculpture that you're looking at from another view. It's it's the same sculpture, the whole thing. Well, I, I look at all of spirituality that way. And we're just looking at it from just a slightly different view. Okay, so we're almost 14 years in. How has your perception of the higher power, God, whatever name you want to tag, all of that, how has that changed over the years? And does it continue to uh, evolve for you? Yeah, it's it's pretty much, it's evolving, yet it's also pretty constant. Um, again, I was raised... Uh, I always, I always kind of cast a, uh, a cynical eye at organized religion. Uh, I, that's not to put it, put it down for the people who practice it, including my own family. Uh, I mean, I've tried, I've, it's funny cause I try to, I've tried to mention the Tao a few times to some of my friends and family and they just kind of look at me like I have two heads, you know, what, yes. yeah, like, like, I don't, mention it. I don't mention it to anyone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean yeah, just just in passing, you know, yes. just kind of test the water to see if right, right. But uh, but that that doesn't bother me. I mean, you know, they have their own. Uh, nobody could tell me what to do ever. 
<laughs> especially when it came to uh you know religion or or that kind of stuff so uh it's like recovery right we just we have to discover it for ourselves we have to experience it yeah i mean i don't know how many times i was you know my dad didn't lecture me too much because he he was in recovery himself so he knew but i know that the, the few times he did sit me down and try to tell me you know you're throwing your life away you know and, and i would just i would rebel that much more mm-hmm. i would say screw you i know i know what's best for me yeah yeah doesn't work no like all i said we what, love what? Them. you know all we can do is uh, we, we hear in recovery love them where they're at and we have to do that not only with people in recovery but the other people that we deal with that are not you know or those that you know, don't even have an issue. So we, if we try to do that practice with everyone, and then when someone asks us, we don't tell them what they should do. We just share how we did it and what worked for us. Yeah, that's good, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Anything you want to add now? Your recovery now, 14 years later, you're, you're still involved in the sober, uh, sober recovery site where you do that every day. Um, Are there any online meetings that you go to now? I know you're real busy with work at the moment. Yeah, I kind of went through that phase of for, like I said, I hosted my own weekly meeting. I didn't miss a week, by the way. I hosted my own Saturday meetings for about two and a half years. And I I don't want to say I got burned out, but I kind of got through that phase where it just wasn't speaking to me as much mm-hmm. as as it did and and that, I guess that goes with with the way recovery evolves. I did want to mention a couple other things quick if I can. Oh, so we got plenty of time. Okay. Uh I know you and I talked about this um this book called Letting Go: The Pathway of Surrender by David Hawkins. Yes. That is that is the only recovery book that I've actually read from front to back. I've been through it a few times and uh, I'm not a, I, I, I worked in the book publishing industry. So I, when I'm on my free time, I don't spend a lot of time with books because that's what I do. For but I love the Hawkins book. Yeah. You know, I'll mention that a lot of times that's a book that really tells us how to surrender it tells us how to do the first three steps if if we want to put it in that context. And David Hawkins actually was not in recovery, but he worked with people in recovery. And this was actually his experience of letting go himself. And it almost killed him before he was able to let go. Uh, If you, and it's a very good audible book too, Paul, It, it listens very, it's a very easy listen. I would suggest if you could, uh, get an audible of that to start and listen to it if you're if you're considering it. It's a fantastic book. Now I do have a link. I have a book resources link, you know, at buddyc.org, and there is a link there. A lot of the books that we talk about, including that book, there's a link there for that too to make it easy to find. But it's uh, Letting Go Pathway of Surrender, Pathway to Surrender, David Hawkins. So it's a fantastic book. Yes, totally agree. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah, and I did. I did listen to the audible version too. And you're right; it is it is a good listen. It's, it's it might be a little easier to to ease into it if you listen first. 
that's on my repeat list of like when I run out of stuff to listen to, I, that's one I listen to again. Yeah, same here. Same here. Glad you mentioned that. Yep. And I did also want to mention one other thing. Uh, uh, I don't know if this if this gets much attention, but it really it really caught my attention when I was first getting sober. Uh, there's something uh, called the Jelinek curve. I don't, don't know if you're familiar with that. No, I'm not. Please. Uh, there was a doctor. I think his name was Jelinek. It's spelled J E L L I N C K. And he did, he did what he called the Jelinek curve. And it's, it, it, it's a, a, basically a graph of how your addiction and the recovery from addiction works. You start, you know, when you're a child, you start off with all this, all this promise, your whole life ahead of you. And then slowly, as you sink into addiction, your life, you know, your life, your quality of life goes down and down and down until you finally, you spiral down, I guess what we call rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And I definitely hit that, that day in the hospital, that was my rock bottom. And then as you, as you come out of that, as you get into recovery, you start going back up the other side and it eventually, uh, the last thing it says, uh, as you, as you come up, you know, through your recovery is enlightened way of life opens up to higher level than ever before. And I've found that so true. My life at age 57 is better than it's ever been. And I don't know if I had to go through that nearly 30 years of addiction to appreciate it. But uh, like you always say, I mean, we're on this path for a reason. There's a reason that I survived this. I mean, I probably by all rights should have been dead years ago, but for some reason, I'm still here, and um, that's why I like to share my experience with others and help others. Is because um, I just I find that helps me by helping others. I'm helping myself. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You know, it's amazing how, and I really wanted to get you on because you have a little different. Uh, recovery than a lot of us who are mostly AA and then we do some online stuff, but really we're, we're we go to AA every week, multiple meetings, most people, you know, uh, some once a week, I went once a week for years. Um, and I go at least once a week now, but your, your, your recovery looks different than that. And so I wanted to have that on because um, it's important that, you know, e- each person has their own walk, just like each person has their own God language. You know, I, I'm not going to condemn someone who uh, believes a different way than I do or their experience is different. I'm not going to tell you, Paul, that, well, your recovery would be better if you went to AA, you know. <laughs> no, you know, because that's all of that is 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 personal and, it, and your recovery is your recovery. You know, I, you can't. You can't. Uh, that's not why we're here. We're here to share our experience, not to, uh, you know, not to judge and uh, try to control. Because that's what we're taught not to do. Even even with things like this, that's not what we do. Well, that all comes back to the Tao, doesn't it? I mean, it does. <laughs> what What's the one about the water? Where can you let the muddy water settle so the right answer appears by itself? 
<laughs> you know, all you have to do is let it settle. And sometimes that can be the hardest. You know, can you just keep your hands off and just give it time and see what happens? Uh, and most of the time, that's all we have to do. Yeah, I often say sometimes doing nothing is the best course of action. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I like your nature example, because what I found with meditation, I thought the meditation was a and end all like the meditation. Was, but all the meditation is doing is teaching us how to be in the moment. It's showing us how to come back to the moment. And just like you're walking is doing the same thing. You know, you're there where your feet are. And that is definitely a form of meditation. Uh, we meditate and don't even know it. If that's, if that's what we're doing. Yeah. So that, and where I walk, they, they have like a waterfall and a river. So that really, you know, that really reinforces in my head that, you know, life, life is like a river. You know, it just keeps flowing. And you either flow with it or you, you don't. Mm, that's good. Thank you. Any more thoughts, Paul? Uh, no, I think that's, uh, that's about it. Unless you had anything else. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure to speak with you, buddy. I always learn something. Uh, well, I appreciate you, Paul. I, I enjoyed coming to your meetings in the SRC. I came to a good many. Uh, I wanted to make sure to support you. Sometimes it was just me and you, you know. <laughs> hey, some, those were some of the best. Yeah. And, and for anyone that wants to check out some online AA meetings, we've got a lot of resources there at buddyc.org. If there's a resources page and there's one that has been going, that's every night at 9 p.m. Eastern. It's uh, zoomaameetings.com will get you there. It's a lot of newcomers. Uh, the, the personality of the meetings changed a lot. At first, during COVID, you had a lot of old timers that were coming that couldn't go to their meetings. And as things opened up, they went back to their meetings like me. And I haven't attended lately, but yet what we have there are anywhere from 30 to 80. Uh, a lot of people with a year, two years or less or three years, you know, just right in that. Uh, they've never gone either to a face to face. They just get their recovery online. So I would definitely suggest checking that out. Uh, if if you're looking for a meeting, to, you can leave your camera off and just stay in the back and listen. You don't you don't have to do a thing, you know. Uh, but yeah, thank you, Paul. Uh, we will be starting back up some some meetings soon. Uh, we'll just see how this. You know, I used the dial on this. I didn't know what to do. Uh, it was getting kind of a little stale for me, and so I just quit. I said, "Well, let's just stop." I didn't quit. I just stopped. And once I stopped within a week, I said, oh, let's do some interviews. It'd be great to get all these people that have been on the podcast and others to uh, to come on and tell their story and how the Dow relates to them and what this what their walk's been and how, you know, and tell about themselves. So um, I'm going to do this for a while and we'll see. That, and that's how the Dow works, you know. Yeah, every, everybody's story has value. Oh, it does, Paul. It does, because it's the experience. I think God is in the experience. So when we share our experience, strength, and hope, which is sharing God, that's sharing what God is, that love and that, uh, and how our lives were changed. Uh, and, and that's what we're doing is we're sharing God when we do that. That's I, I firmly 
believe that. And that's why I feel better when I share my story. You know, it's like having the Christmas spirit all year. That's why those folks at Christmas, they think it's a Christmas spirit because it's the only time of the year they give anything, you know, without expecting in return, you know. Yeah, the older I get, the realize that I realize that we're just here to help each other. That's we get the Christmas spirit all the time, you know. Yeah, what, who needs you know? You don't need Santa Claus. Just no, we don't need to wait to December to get that. You know, we get it all the time. So, well, thank you very much, Paul, for being with us today. Thoroughly enjoyed you telling your story, and look forward to seeing you in meetings soon. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.